Hi, I'm Dan Mircea Sucho. Welcome to Software Project Management Course Notes, a podcast created based on Agile Software Development Online Lectures I delivered to Software Engineering Master Program at the Faculty of Mathematics and Computer Science from Babelboi University. to talk about a new concept, uh, a concept uh, called inverted U curve. Uh, I have uh, discovered this uh, this concept uh, uh, for the first time uh, in, in a book, in a Malcolm Gladwell's book called uh, David and Goliath. And uh, from the beginning, I found it so so interesting that I wanted to learn uh, learn more about it. So uh, I found that the, the same concept like inverted U curve is also called the Yurkis, uh, if I remember well, is Yurkis Dunstan law in uh, psychology or Kuznets curve in uh, in economy. But uh, these two uh, examples are just particular applications of inverted U curve in some very specific domains. Well, uh, the idea behind the inverted U curve concept uh, is pretty simple. We are consuming every day uh, many resources of different kinds uh, in order to obtain uh, some certain benefits. Uh, imagine, uh, imagine having here uh, on this uh, horizontal axis any resource uh, like money or time or even human uh, resources or human effort. And we are usually imagine that uh, there is a linear dependency, linear dependency between uh, resource consumption and the level of benefit we achieve. But uh, it is not exactly the case. Uh, actually, the, the graph looks like an inverted uh, U, uh, as you can see in this, uh, in this picture, as you can see in this slide. In the beginning, the quantity of resources we are using affect the benefits in a positive way, uh, but there is a, a sweet spot somewhere there, uh, somewhere here on top of this uh, curve. And after passing this uh, sweet spot, consuming more resources could affect uh, our benefits in a negative way. So let's let's take a, an example, like the relationship between wealth and uh, happiness. Uh, we used to think naturally, isn't it, that there is a linear dependency between this, uh, these two. Uh, something like that. Or maybe sometimes we are thinking that uh, to this relationship as having uh, this shape. So what does it mean? That means that there is a point when a, health, a wealth growth uh, does not affect happiness too much. Uh, but a lot of research in this uh, direction reveals that uh, the curve is more prominent and it looks like an inverted U. So that means that there is a level till which we have a linear uh, connection between wealth and happiness. But after that, uh, a flat curve shows that wealth do not influence happiness too much. And after a certain point, which of course differs from one person to, to another, any wealth increase will negatively impact the uh, happiness. Well, if you don't trust me, if you believe this is not true, it's maybe because uh, you didn't have enough money uh, up to now. 
uh, I'm in the same uh, I'm in the same situation, but this is the result of uh, those uh, those researches. Maybe happiness is a too large concept uh, here, uh, but think to any particular aspect of uh, of our life, uh, and we can see that this is true. Uh, for instance, parenting. Uh, parenting is very difficult uh, when you are poor, but uh, also very difficult when you are too rich. Uh, that's because in the first case, parenting is based on I don't have a statement, which sometimes could be motivating. Uh, we we should accept that. Uh, but anyway, it's not uh, uh, an ideal situation. But in the second case, it is based on I don't want statement. And uh, this could uh, affect the relationship between uh, kids and parents in a, in a negative way. Let's take another example. Uh, all of us have some personal strengths, uh, some skills or uh, some talents which are beyond the, the average. Uh, usually those strengths have a positive impact to our life. Well, this happens till the moment we are exaggerating with them. After passing a certain point, these strengths uh, suddenly become uh, weaknesses, even if we don't realize that, uh, that thing immediately. Uh, for instance, if you are good, uh, if you are a good communicator, exaggerating uh, with, with this, you will be seen as a too uh, talkative uh, person. If you are a rational or analytical person, exaggerating with this, uh, you will be seen as a slow person who never finishes uh, uh, his tasks in time. Or if you are a person who loves challenges, exaggerating in this direction, uh, you, will be, you will be seen as a person who is too risky or too unsafe to, to work with. And so on. Uh, there are a lot of uh, examples like, uh, like these ones. Uh, also, there are many other examples where the inverted U uh, curve appears. For instance, both excessive and defective uh, exercise destroys the health and then strength. Uh, for, uh, we used to hear many times in professional sports uh, thoughts like, uh, I hope to be in a good shape for tomorrow game. But we don't hear something like, after tomorrow game, I will be uh, healthier because it's not the case. Uh, uh, there is too much effort there, and uh, sometimes this could have, a, as I said, a negative impact to, to the health. Uh, similarly, drink or food which is above or below a certain amount uh, destroys the, the health. So the good news is that research shows that a glass of wine a day, uh, every day, uh, is good for us. It's good for our health. Anyway, too much, uh, more than that. Uh, more than one glass per day uh, could have a negative impact, unfortunately, uh, isn't it? But one glass is, uh, is very good. Uh, here is another example, and this example uh, comes from education. Uh, it is well known that the size of a class could uh, impact the uh, academic achievement in average, in average uh, of that class. And it is custom to think that a class with more than 30 children is very difficult to, to manage. Uh, but at the same time, we are thinking that kids' performance will grow together with uh, reducing the size of the class. And this is true. But uh, the best performance we obtain with classes having between 12 and 17 uh, children, 12 and 17 uh, kids. If we reduce the size more, uh, we will observe that the performance is reducing as well. 
in such a class, some kids experience isolation or a high level of, uh, of frustration. And I took this example just because this is somehow different than the others you saw, uh, because we are uh, here we, we expect worse results for bigger numbers on horizontal axis and better results for smaller numbers. Anyway, uh, in reality, we have the same inverted U-shape. Uh, and actually, you can choose uh, almost anything that could be spent to obtain some benefits. If you are spending too less or too much, uh, the benefits will, uh, will decrease. So we have this uh, shape. But what's the connection with Ajay? You may you may ask. Well, uh, there are many practices or uh, rituals or uh, habits uh, we are using in uh, our Agile teams that are governed by the shape of an inverted U. Uh, also, many success factors are influencing the success of software uh, products following an inverted U curve. So the same, uh, the same shape. I would like to, to mention today just a few of them. Uh, like uh, estimation accuracy or performance and uh, and quality. And let's start with uh, with the estimation. Uh, this is uh, one of the well-known quotes uh, that describe the estimation problem in software development. And uh, that's because we are not good at estimating software at all. Uh, even if we are doing it in uh, time, or in story points or in complexity points or we use another technique uh, estimation in software is difficult and uh, many consider uh, it uh, impossible uh, in and uh, often uh, it is misused so there is a subtle explanation uh, first of all we have this uh, empirical pareto law I think you, you know it very well. And uh, this Pareto law uh, says that we are usually finishing 20% of one task in 80% of the time and 80% of the task in the last 20% uh, of the available time. And this is usually combined with uh, Parkinson law. Uh, this name Parkinson doesn't have anything in common with the disease. It's the name of an economist who said that work uh, our work expands so as to fill the time uh, available for its completion. So the work on a task will expand in order to fill uh, the whole time available to complete that, uh, that task. So when we are implementing something uh, estimated previously, we are feeling very stressed in the last 20% of the time uh, assigned for that, uh, for that task. We, we will remember this and uh, next time uh, we are trying to eliminate the stress by increasing the estimation for those tasks uh, those tasks which are uh, which are similar but due to Parkinson law uh, we will finish the task uh, filling the available time uh, but in the end we feel some stress again and uh, this is like uh, a snow uh, boulder and uh, we can project this result and we will obtain a U-curve uh, at, the, at the end. There are some recent researches uh, showing that too much experience 
could have a negative impact on time estimation accuracy and even on uh, productivity. And this is a very interesting paradox. And uh, it is more visible when one person is doing almost the same thing during a long period of time. I, I experienced that when I worked with the same team, with the same people on a project for more than two, than two, than two years. And I realized that uh, they used to do uh, uh, more, uh, let's say, relaxed estimates for the same tasks they were able in the past to finish in the uh, in a less period of uh, of time. That's very uh, that's very interesting, and this happens because of the experience we we had. That this experience means a lot of uh, things we confronted during implementing those tasks. And when we try to estimate one uh, new task, we think to all those bad uh, things that could happen, but most of them will not. Uh, it's, it's not uh, likely to, to happen, but we take them into account and we increase our uh, estimations. And uh, estimation accuracy is affected also by the effort spent uh, in, uh, in estimation sessions. Sometimes we realize that if we are spending more time on estimating, uh, uh, the resulting precision of estimation is insignificant. Uh, we think that the graph, the, the, the shape looks like uh, this one in, uh, in the picture. Uh, but we do not realize that it is more than that. Uh, it follows the shape on the inverted U uh, as well. And another interesting aspect is another curve, uh, and is this red one. It, it is the confidence. It is the confidence of the team members in their estimation. And you can see the, the discrepancy between the uh, the U uh, inverted U uh, curve and this uh, this new curve. So we are more confident of our uh, estimations when we spend more time uh, on uh, on doing them <laughs> but it's uh, it's not uh, uh, based on the reality it's just our feeling it's not the truth and uh, uh, because all of these uh, impediments uh, there is a pretty new movement in agile community talking about no estimates it is called hashtag no estimates this is the the name and the idea is that if our estimations are always wrong, why to estimate at all? I do not see this as something applicable uh, in all situations, but it brings up a very interesting debate. Do we need estimations in software projects or not? If most of the time these estimations are, uh, are wrong. And sometimes we, we don't need estimations also because other reasons. And uh, here I try to be sarcastic, but this happens. Uh, a lot. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is uh, sometimes a challenge uh, for for us uh, in uh, the things we work because the the management the management puts a lot of pressure on our shoulders to to keep the deadlines, even if we cannot do this and we are not able to uh, to keep those deadlines. But let's talk uh, a little bit about performance uh, again. I know that this is not a big surprise for you because we all know that uh, we have to be pragmatic when we are talking about time and effort we spend for implementing uh, uh, user stories or uh, other tasks. Otherwise, any extreme case, 
being superficial, uh, which is on the left side, or being perfectionist, which is on the right side, uh, will have an unwanted impact on the benefits we get from the software we uh, together develop. Uh, also, the complexity of the design or the number of features influences the user satisfaction. Uh, and the, the user satisfaction is influenced in the same way, following an inverted U curve. Uh, the curves, the curve looks maybe slightly different if you are considering the Pareto law again, uh, which says that uh, in this situation, 20% of the functionalities of one software application are used 80% of the time, and 80% of the functionalities are used very rarely, uh, just 20% of the time. Um, many of them are ignored, uh, are just nice to have features. And uh, uh, honestly, for some of them, for very complex applications, are never used. Uh, so they have no influence in, uh, in user satisfaction. So it's not exactly an inverted view, but it's very similar with, uh, with that shape. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, this slide contains the essence of Yurkis does the law. I mentioned it in the, in the beginning of the course uh, from uh, psychology, uh, which says that uh, the motivation and arousal uh, does not have uh, monotonic effects on performance, uh, increases motivation, enhance effort, and narrow, uh, uh, narrow attention, uh, which improves performance in simple tasks, uh, but uh, impairs performance in complex tasks, uh, when we talk about complex tasks. But in average, uh, when we think that we have both complex and simple tasks on our project, uh, the, the, the resulting uh, shape is uh, you an inverted U shape, uh, and uh, for complex tasks, uh, uh, narrowed attention uh, can be a liability, uh, isn't it? So that's why the uh, those uh, these two shapes looks uh, different. These were just a, a few examples of how difficult is uh, sometimes to to find the, the balance to find the equilibrium in our projects. For instance, we can be in measuring performance in one side of the uh, inverted U curve, and when we measure estimation accuracy, we can be on the other side. Uh, but that, of course, doesn't mean that our project is okay in average. It's, it is like saying that uh, if we have one leg in a bucket of, uh, of ice and the other one uh, in fire, uh, we are actually feeling uh, fine. We are fine. Uh, that uh, that would be a big mistake. So uh, we cannot treat all these uh, things uh, in this way, doing averages. We have to uh, analyze them uh, in uh, individually and uh, to try to, to handle them. Well, the question is, is why it is sometimes so, so difficult to be aware about this non-monotonic uh, behavior. And... Uh, also, why it is so easy to ignore it in uh, in real life when we are working on uh, projects? And uh, I tried to, to answer this uh, this question, and uh, I found uh, three uh, three main reasons. So, from my perspective, there are three main reasons for for that. First of all, uh, we used to think in a, a monotonic way, uh, in a linear way. We know what uh, we have to do in order to improve some aspects, but we forget to stop sometimes. 
On the other way, we don't use the relevant uh, uh, instruments or relevant techniques or relevant tools uh, of measuring project su success. And this could be tricky. And the most surprising reason is our capability to, to adapt in time to, to any context. And I will try to take all these uh, answers or all these reasons one by one and to uh, add more details to, to them. And uh, for uh, proving the first one, I'd like to tell you a story. It, it is a short and nice uh, story that I've heard from one, one of my, uh, my friends. And uh, that story abused me uh, a lot. Uh, my friend uh, uh, has a kid. At that time, uh, uh, my friend's kid was three. And every time before bed, uh, in the in the evening, he used to play with his toys uh, for a couple of minutes, as you can see in this picture. It's not that kid, it's another picture, but you can uh, uh, relate to it. Well, one evening, my friend uh, let uh, his kid alone in the bathroom in warm uh, water and went to the kitchen. And uh, suddenly he heard uh, his kid screaming, make it warmer, make the water warmer. And my friend was afraid that the water uh, became uh, too cold uh, in the meantime. And in two seconds was in the bathroom checking the water. Well, he felt that the water was not cold at all. Actually, it was hot. Anyway, uh, he increased a little bit the temperature. Uh, but immediately after that, uh, his kid uh, screamed louder, screamed again, but much louder. Make it warmer, make it warmer. And and suddenly he realized that his kid tried to tell him to make the water warm, isn't it? But uh, how to do it? By decreasing the temperature, because it was too hot. Because for, for his kid, warm was the sweet spot. The, it was the comfort zone. And he wanted to be there, uh, but uh, for an adult, there is only one way to make something warmer, isn't it? From, from, uh, from left to right, even when it is already too warm. And uh, that's because it just became a, became a habit. Uh, but for, from that uh, kid perspective, it was the, the opposite way. It was too hot and we wanted to, uh, that, that water to, to become warm, to be okay. And we are not influenced only by our habits. Uh, also the others' habits that the, of those people around us look very appealing to, to us. And we are, we are adopting uh, those uh, habits even if they do not bring any advantage to, to us. We are just losing time doing not useful things. We don't see uh, any effect, but we do it by, uh, uh, because, of, because we think that those are best practices. Uh, now, uh, a few words on how we measure things. Now you can see that red dot. That red dot could be everywhere on this uh, curve, but Usually on our projects, we are not measuring the benefits using a curve. Uh, usually we are using a line. And uh, when we are at a certain level on this line, we do not actually know if on the corresponding inverted U curve, that point is on the right side or on the left side of the, of the sweet spot. And many times we take the wrong decisions uh, just because we use to... Uh, just because we used to do something to solve a problem, but we don't know that it was on the other side of the, of the curve. 
So that's the uh, that's the problem uh, most of the time. We we used to do something. Uh, it usually worked. It was okay. Now it doesn't work, and we don't know why. And we try to do it uh, more uh, and to to do it you know in a better way uh, to exaggerate with that thing, and the things go worse and worse. Okay, then Lauren's going to catch you. Okay, it's called the trust fall. Okay, trust fall. Ready, set, go. <laughs> okay, so the idea was that everybody expected that that girl would fall back, but she didn't because she uh, talked at that uh, exercise or at that uh, uh, game in a different way. And we were not able to predict that that will be uh, the, the way of doing things. Okay, the third and uh, the last reason is, uh, as I said, that the adaptability. Uh, maybe you know already the, the boiling frog uh, anecdote, which says that uh, uh, in this anecdote, the premise is that if a frog is put suddenly into boiled water, it will jump out. But if we put uh, uh, that frog in cold water, uh, which is then brought to a boil uh, slowly, that, that frog will not perceive the danger and will be cooked to, to death, unfortunately. Uh, why that happens? Because the frog adapted to the environment and uh, that frog did not realize that uh, it became too dangerous. In other words, uh, when we are working on a project, we are feeling that we are in the sweet spot just because the changes on that project uh, on the project are coming too slow. And for us, that inverted U curve becomes very flat and we just do not see the, the risks. We don't feel the risks. We cannot identify the risk. And we think that everything goes well till a moment when uh, there is a huge fail, a big fail, and there's no way to, uh, to return. And this is because of our uh, uh, capabilities to adapt to, to those situations. But again, it's a context where uh, that uh, the, those changes uh, come too, too slow, very, very slow. And we cannot perceive that. And uh, at this point, I want to let you with one very, very simple idea. Uh, so when the things are going worse on, uh, on your project, uh, don't try to do better what you already did. So this is one uh, powerful conclusion, I think. Uh, you have to stop and think if you are not on the other side of the U-curve and uh, try to, to make uh, water warmer, but in the opposite, uh, in the opposite side. Thanks for listening to Software Project Management Course Notes. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review.